We all know that Tom Cruise is arguably the greatest movie star in the history of cinema, and we thought we'd have some fun and do a Tom Cruise movie draft. This is going to be tough because he's made so many great movies, but there are some weak ones in there. Yeah, I'm, of course. But I'm curious when Top Gun Maverick's going to be picked. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to dedicate this episode to our fan and listener, Dawson. He's the biggest Tom Cruise fan that we know, so <laughs> we're doing this for you, Dawson. Yes, he is. And I mean... One of our all-time favorite actors, and it's undeniable the power and the star power of Tom Cruise is the greatest of all time. When it comes to a peak of what someone's achieved in Hollywood, but globally, internationally, with being a movie star, being an action star, being an actor, no one I don't think even comes close to Tom Cruise. He's actually done a lot for cinema that people might not be aware of. The person who was really pushing theatrical release internationally in other countries, he was actually someone who was like... We need to start doing press tours around the world, not just in American cities. And so the global growth of cinema and Hollywood's reach around other continents is really a testament to someone like him who has really always pushed that and pushing the film-going experience. And just like we talk about filmmakers like Chris Nolan, who's all, always about the theater, Tom Cruise is the same. He's, he makes movies for us to see in a the theater. He doesn't make movies for streaming apps, and he wants to give us an event film every time we go to the theater. He wants to have us have a great escapist moment when we go see his movies for a couple of hours. And, you know, all he really cares about at the end of the day is entertaining the audience. And you see that on screen. And he puts all his he puts his life into his films. And you can tell. He cares about the audience so much. And he cares about stories so much. And cinema. Top Gun Maverick saved so many movie theaters over the course of post-COVID we all know the story behind that. Steven Spielberg saying, you may have saved movies. You saved Hollywood's ass. Saved Hollywood's ass, Tom. You really did. And it was an, it's an incredible thing that he's been doing this later in his career, being as successful as he is. He's still going. He's 60 years old, and he's the biggest action star in the history of cinema. And very successful producer as well. He's produced a lot of his own films as well as other films. So he's just a Goliath in the fil in the Hollywood world. And, and I don't care what anyone says about him in his personal life, I just want to make sure this guy keeps making movies that I fucking oh, yeah. love to see. He's got five in the works in production, so we we're going to be getting a lot of Tom Cruise. Now, he's got a crazy career in filmography yeah. because obviously we know him as an action star of the last 20 years, mm -hmm. but he really rose up with great dramatic performances mm -hmm. and incredible roles in the 80s and 90s, as well as some comedic performances as well. He has the acting chops, he always has, and he's shown that great acting in Scenes like going opposite Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men. Like, that scene is just so riveting. He pulls out great performances. Or um, on the 4th of July is such yeah. an underrated performance for Tom. Jerry Maguire. Magnolia might be his greatest thing he's ever done as it an actor. Might be his best scene yeah. in terms of a performance ever. I think my no his I th father. Yeah, I think that Magnolia is it's such an incredible overlooked performance. He was nominated for an Oscar. He was also nominated for, what's for uh, Born on the 4th of July. But what he did with Magnolia, it's that it's such an incredible performance, and he completely disappears to make the most famous person alive disappear. That chat, like that's such a special thing that they accomplished with that film. He's insanely likable too. I mean, characters like Jerry Maguire, or even in movies like his Mission Impossible films as Ethan Hunt, he's oh, yeah. so likable. You can't help but root for Tom Cruise in almost all of his roles. But then he does things outside of his typecast and does something like Collateral with Michael Mann, where he plays an awesome villain hitman. It's so fun. Or Rock of Ages. A yeah, musical. true. Yeah. Like he did can, his own he, singing too. He can really do anything. He has that range as an actor, and you know that's such a rarity nowadays. But to think that like a lot of people consider him like such a big action star, but he's done everything there is to do as an actor, which is so impressive. Now, 
even kind of horror, I guess, with the mummy. But yeah. that movie is not great. Yeah, they they tried. Yeah, <laughs> they tried to make it scary. I mean, he's been a vampire before, so he's done some horror. Interview with the Vampire is great. So he has done horror, and he's he was great uh, in that film. He's he's wonderful in that movie. Now this is gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough pick. <laughs> so, so we're gonna go through his entire filmography and pick them all because he's been in a lot of movies. And how how are we gonna keep track of this? Are we gonna so we're basically going to go one at a time. Yes. I go, you go, or whoever yeah. wins the draft pick, the yeah. first pick. So we're going to do a coin flip to do the, the winner. And to choose who's the winner, obviously, we'll put this on Spotify for a poll. Yes. And you can select on Spotify polls who you think has the best Tom Cruise team between me and Anthony. And the winner will win bragging, bragging rights. rights. And well, no, be... so we need to do a reward, like buying them dinner or something. I'm surprised you didn't say buying ramen. <laughs> it's always Anthony's brain always goes to, all right, if you win, you buy me ramen. Like, I would love ramen. It's getting cold out here in LA. How about 20 bucks? $20. Okay. 20, 20 bucks. Let's shake on it. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Okay. Across the studio. We shook it. <laughs> we shook it. So I'll write down who are uh, the teams you keep well track? as we go. Yeah. You better be honest. <laughs> what, am I going to lie? Yeah, I mean, everyone's listening. How are you going <laughs> to cheat? How am I going to cheat on this? <laughs> All right, flip the coin so we can figure out who has the first pick in the Tom Cruise movie draft on Raiders of the Lost podcast. We are using the official state-of-the-art yeah. Jurassic Park coin that condition. was made by Steven Spielberg himself <laughs> for, for this episode. Yes, he handcrafted it. So we have the Jurassic Park logo side with the T-Rex, okay. or we have the DNA side. Who's going to pick? Me? You can pick. Which, uh, which... I, I think I'm going to go with DNA. DNA? Yeah. All right. Dino DNA. Life finds Dino a way. Dino DNA. I'm going to flip it. Hold up. I'm going to move my microphone so it doesn't yeah, move get that. Away. Give me that frog DNA. Come on, baby. Come on. It's in the air. It is T-Rex. God damn it. That was a great flip. That was solid. That yeah. was a great flip. It's a great coin, too. Yeah. I could hear that in the air. It's wonderful. Nice. Maybe well, I mean... And also in this Tom Cruise episode, we're going to do a movie poster contest. All you got to do is leave a comment on the YouTube version of the Tom Cruise movie draft, and you'll be entered to win a movie poster for free from movieposters.com. Good luck, everyone. It's kind of different. I mean, he's made so many great movies. I feel like the number one pick is actually a tough pick to do. Um, Depends on what route you want to go, man. I'm going Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> you mother, you mother. I ever. have to. It's like the my favorite movie he's ever made. Yeah. It really is, man. I'm it's just, amazing. God damn it! It's such a good movie. It's it's one of my favorite film going experiences of the last several years. This that movie Oppenheimer. I mean, they they were just unbelievable movies and so incredible to behold on that big screen so i gotta go top gun maverick i, I would i would have taken that with the first pick too maverick is so sensational one of the best legacy sequels and sequels in general ever made but in terms of how important it was to hollywood how important it was for the cinema going experience everyone was unsure of with if theaters would survive at this point in 2022 and then top gun maverick comes out and pulls over a billion dollars at the box office <laughs> crazy didn't leave theaters for like eight months it was insane yeah. and the run it was on, but the the filmmaking, things we've never seen before captured for a movie in terms of putting actors in cockpits of fighter jets and flying them around the air. It's insane what they pulled off with Joseph Kaczynski behind the camera, a really capable director, and his best movie as well. But, man. You pissed God, I got it? Damn it! Matt, I got it. That's why uh, I wanted the <laughs> coin toss win. There's still plenty of good ones. Too. Yeah, there are still plenty yeah. of good ones. All right, so Anthony has taken Top Gun Maverick with the first pick of the Tom Cruise draft, and I... I'm on the clock right now, and I'm going to select what I think is probably the best action movie ever made. Mission Impossible Fallout, which came out in 2018. I don't think it'll ever be topped in a Mission Impossible franchise or movie, in the franchise or for a movie. It's really the pinnacle of what an action movie can be when you're combining a really great story, 
excellent characters, terrific directing, but also action set pieces that are just jaw-dropping and insanely complex and dangerous, not to mention Tom Cruise doing all of his own stunts in this movie. Rebecca Ferguson's terrific. We have a great antagonist from, obviously, spoiler alert if you've never seen this movie, our boy Henry Cavill with the mustache is so good in this movie. And really kind of also starting to implement things that the John, the John Wick franchise was doing with the great hand-to-hand combat sequences that we never really got. That bathroom fight. In Mission Impossible movies, yeah, it's so good. I freaking love Mission Impossible Fallout. And what I love about this movie, it's it's really continued the web of connection of story arcs for multiple characters. And it's got to be my first pick if Anthony took Top Gun Maverick. That's crazy that a couple of his best movies were his le- most recent ones. That's, that's what I mean. Working in Hollywood for 40 years. The guy's the, that's the biggest star ever. He already was the biggest star ever for 30 years, and he's just insane he's what he's doing. Got it. He's still, still got it. The dude is jumping off planes. It's awesome. All right, I got a – my next pick. <laughs> I mean, the Halo jump sequence? Yeah. That might be my favorite stunt he's ever done. Yeah, I mean, when you understand what went into it, it's really incredible. And that's a Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. All right. All right, so, Anthony, we're in round two. My number two pick. What are you going to take? I'm going to take one of my – what I think is one of the most underrated movies of all time. You know what I'm taking. I know what you're taking. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the Last Samurai. <laughs> I adore The Last Samurai. I love that score. I think it's a misunderstood film. It's really beautiful and stunning. The action's great. The characters are incredible. It's a, a beautiful celebration of this culture and its community and the embracement of uh, differences. And, you know, the, trend, the, the performance by Tom is really one of his best. It's one of his best characters. The character arc goes from someone who who is paid to hunt down um, rival cultures and communities, and he hates them, and then he learns to... He becomes a part of their community and grows to love them and, and basically hates who he used to be. A complete transformation of a character, and it's really inspiring film, very honorable film. I think it's so, so underrated and underappreciated. It does have a good IMDb, a 7.8, but still, I think it's... It's top tier, in my opinion, for especially for you know period piece epics. It's in Japanese samurai culture, so fascinating. I think they did a stunning job with it. Gorgeous filmmaking yeah. as well. Some of the best cinematography. Probably of the, the best century. looking. Yeah, it's it's a really beautiful film, and just spir- the spirituality, the culture. It really connects you with Japanese culture and in the samurai culture, and it kind of makes you have a different outlook on life. And yeah really understanding obviously it's a specific perspective of the samurai yes. they weren't all all the clans weren't like this and, yes. but it was the last samurai this is the last days loosely based yeah. off a true story so i think it's a really fascinating film it's one of our favorites and you're right Hans zimmer's score for the last it's samurai. one of my favorites man it I could f- be my favorite like there like a the couple of those tracks like a way of life is what a beautiful song and ken watanabe is so yeah. good in this movie he's he really great. is he should have won an oscar he was nominated, At least a nominated he yeah. oh he got nominated yeah for supporting right. that's good but he should have won terrific in this movie they have so much chemistry on screen together the two of them they, they really are do. yeah they're dynamic together that's the thing with tommy he always works really well with others yeah i think that's one of his great strengths of being an actor of course he's a leading man but he always has great supporting chemistry with other actors and actresses well later in his career I've I've read of some friction with other actors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the this century. What are you gonna take, man? Hmm. <laughs> what do you take here? This is tough. You need a really good one. I mean, I got a really good one. What are you talking about? I mean, you Mission need another really follow-up? good one. You need another one. <laughs> I'm going to select. Oh man, it's tough to choose. He's got so many good movies. Yeah, Holy shit! Risky Business, Edge of Tomorrow, Minority Report, Rain Man. God damn it. 
Um, I'm just going to go with an insanely underrated action movie and sci-fi film with Edge of Tomorrow, which came out in 2014. Nice. We love this movie. We know a lot of you listeners and fans of the show really love this movie as well. Every time we talk about it, people get really excited. Have we, we've never done a full episode on it. We should. We did. We should. We did like a, a modern sci-fi, sci-fi yeah. episode, and we talked about it for a little while. But it I would really, love to do an episode on this. It's one of the best sci-fi films of the century and action films of the century, yeah. and it's so unique and wholly original in terms of the genre. And they really did a great job with the filmmaking. This with these exo suits and really putting the actors like Tom and Emily Blunt in these suits, which uh, from stories and interviews with them, they said was hell on earth, basically from Emily Blunt. But it really makes the movie work rather than just doing a bunch of CGI and just really putting these actors in these intense elements and alien invasion on Earth. It's an awesome story. It's a unique alien invasion where these mimics come to Earth. They have the power to reset the day. And then it's a Groundhog Day movie at the same time. So there's so many different dynamics to this movie that make it work on so many different levels. And it's all meshed together so well. And Tom playing another out of cast kind of out of type character of a complete wimp and a complete coward turning into our hero by the end of the film. It's a really fascinating transformation for Tom Cruise. But to see him play basically such a pussy for the first yeah. half hour, <laughs> it's so fun. It's great. It really worked. And he pulled it off. He pulled it off. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, one of his more dramatic roles for my next film. Magnolia. Paul Thomas Anderson's incredible film. It's a wonderful ensemble cast. And Frank T.J. Mackey is one of the most interesting, uh, entertaining and, and in a way, despicable, but also uh, heartfelt characters ever on see, on screen. He's so complex. Like, he's a guy who seems like a total scumbag on the surface, but then you see the pain and the trauma inside of him later in the film. It's really powerful, and I think it's, one of, I think it's the best arc of that movie, and there are a lot of great character pieces in that film. What a great cast, but... And then to see Tom Cruise, he really just dominates the screen in this. Perfectly cast. He, nobody else really could have done what he did pulling this off. And when you see him on screen, it's like, like I say, he disappears, not just the way he looks, but just his behavior. You're like, that's not Tom, that's not Tom Cruise at all. I just see Frank T.J. Mackey. You know, with the, with Ethan Hunt, it's like, you, you know, there's, I see Tim, Tom Cruise in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, some, some of his other movies too, but I like. I mean, this century, a lot of his characters, yeah. the action heavy characters. He goes Tom to, Cruise. he plays to his strengths yeah. as, a, as himself. But Frank T.J. Mackey, it's so different from who he is as a person. It's just like really fascinating of a role. And I love Magnolia. It's a special movie. That's a really good pick. I like it. All right. So it's the it's my turn to end up round three. What are you going with, man? So, <laughs> man, so many choose. So, many, so many good choose ones. From. So many choose from. All right. I've gotten two action movies. Yes. So I'm going to go another action movie. A classic Tom Cruise movie. A classic. From 1983, Risky Business. Nice pick. So this was really maybe his big star-breaking role, probably. He got super famous off Risky Business. It, yeah. Everyone knows the character, the character design, the sunglasses and the underwear sliding through the living room. It's an iconic look. And I think Tom Cruise was really special in this film because it showed how charismatic and likable he is. And obviously it's about this kid who turns his house into basically a brothel to pay for a prostitute or a sex worker that he paid for that he couldn't afford. And... It's really funny. It's got a lot of charm, got a lot of heart, but it's just an excellent 80s movie in general. Great music, great wardrobe. It is peak 80s, I think, and I, I really, really love it. And it's so early in his career, but you could see how much of a force of nature this guy is on camera from Risky Business. Absolutely. It's a banger. It really is. It's so fun. I mean, after this, he got Legend and 
in a, in a Ridley Scott movie, you know? Then Top Gun. Then Top Gun. It's like, this was it. He became the hottest guy in Hollywood, the ho- hottest young actor in Hollywood because of so risky hot. business. Yeah, so hot. <laughs> it was a very successful film. Yeah. Very successful. Great pick. All right, I am going to go with... Actually, hold on. Let me uh, round up the, oh, the yeah, teams we got so, far. so far. So after three rounds, Anthony... Do you, you have that on Google Docs so yes, I can I keep track of what I, sure I have? sure do. Hold on. Just, it's under my document called gym intermission. Just don't scroll too low or else you'll cheat and see my... my I swear I won't. Picks. I swear. He's going to scroll down right now and <laughs> get a sneak peek at the answers. I would never. So at after three rounds of okay. the Tom Cruise movie draft, Anthony's team is Top Gun Maverick, The Last Samurai, and Magnolia. Everyone give him a round of Pretty applause. Good. Pretty good team. <laughs> Pretty good team. But let's look at my team. James's <laughs> team, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Edge of Tomorrow, and Risky Business. Nice, dude. I like it. We're, we're very different right now. Very different. Yeah. Different approaches. Yeah. All right, I know what I'm doing next. All right, round four, what do you got? I'm going with uh, one of the most important films in his career and something that gave him a lot of power as a, as a producer as well and just a global superstar. And I got to go with the first Mission Impossible by my boy, Brian De Palma. Of course. My man. I can't not pick Mission Impossible 1. It's actually, I do think that Mission Impossible Fallout might be the is the better action movie. 100%. But Mission Impossible is so good. It's so stylish. It's so well made. It's really, really a great story. And it really, it, it set off, it set the stage for the franchise that is still running to this day, but it's so well crafted. And the cast is amazing. Uh, John Voight plays a great villain. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the first Mission Impossible, it's fantastic. And there's a reason why they keep making them. It really all ties to this first one working and, than pulling it off, and I think it's—I think it's actually severely underrated. I think so too, pretty, especially because we talked about that when we did. What do we? We did an episode when we were talking about Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about how the scores and ratings and just the—I think this younger generation's opinion of Mission Impossible. So it's a seven point two on IMDb. Yeah, that's so low. But then on Letterboxd, it's really low as well. Yeah, I'm guessing it's the three point. I remember, and we were just kind of surprised and flabbergasted how. And also just sort of like film Twitter and film talk, they really don't like Mission Impossible. And every, and when it was when Dead Reckoning was coming out, everyone was doing their lists. Everyone yeah. was making their letterbox. It's a 3.6. T- yeah, and it was usually at the bottom of people's lists, and me and Anthony were perplexed, and I still am. But I understand everyone has their taste, and it's subjective. But I think because people are maybe so accustomed to the Mission Impossible franchise being so action-heavy that they don't really appreciate the complexity and the great storytelling of the first film. Well, I mean, and here's the noir a noir re- aspect yeah. of it. It's a, it's very much a noir spy film compared I mean, to the others are just action yeah. movies. Here's a review right off the top on Letterboxd. If Tom Cruise wasn't weird, he'd be the coolest guy to ever exist. I'm sorry. Three stars. Like, is that, I mean, <laughs> where's the objectivity there? It's just biased opinion about Tom Cruise. But the movie's sensational. It really is. Yeah. It kicked off this it's, epic dude, franchise. It's amazing. It's but amazing. I, I love the noir aspect. I love the nuanced spycraft in it versus I yeah. also love the big action stunts in the new ones. And I know it feels dated because, you know, sending an email was is the big hinging <laughs> is the big That's the tech, tech involved. <laughs> I, I understand floppy disks, but ninety six, right? This is ninety six. This is this was high tech. Like only certain numbers of people had emails at this time. Floppy disks yeah. were a big deal. Floppy disks were a big deal. <laughs> they were super high tech. You couldn't think of like it would get any more advanced than that. So for the time it was advanced and obviously it's very dated now. But you gotta look at it in context. But and I think I think the speed train scene still looks better. It's still better than most action scenes to this day. This this speed train scene is 
fucking unbelievable. But also hanging from the rafters at yes. the top in the air duct. That's one of the best stunts he's ever done. Yes. It's not a highly, insanely dangerous stunt. He's not jumping off a plane. But it's so specific and unique and interesting. Difficult. And great drama involved with just this one stunt and so many stakes rising on it. It's yeah. just so fascinating. And I, lo- I love that scene. I love the movie. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. whole franchise. But great pick. All right. It's the fourth round. And I'm going to go with Tom Cruise and his best collaboration with Steven Spielberg. We <sighs> made two movies together. I'm going to pick Minority Report, which came out in 2002, a great sci-fi noir mystery where we have new tech involved in a futuristic world where there is a precog division of the police department where they can see prescient, prescient visions of murders that are about to happen, and Tom Cruise plays a character who leads a division that stops these murders from occurring. Wow, you said it so much better than the other day when you tried to explain this movie. He spent like two minutes like jarbled all over the place. I think. I got confused listening last time. <laughs> I have no idea what you're this talking about. This was perfect. That you was... said it perfectly. <laughs> oh my god. A great dilemma that ensues in the public, in court of public of, of opinion after crime in DC has gone flat. There's no more murders. But can someone really be guilty of a crime they have not yet committed? One of the great themes of the film, but Tom Cruise is awesome. Spielberg and sensational practical filmmaking, visionary effects and visuals that so good. in 2002 still hold up today. They, they really still, do. Yeah. I Even, watched it. We saw it in theaters. Yeah, we saw it at the New Fucking Beverly great, Cinema. Great experience. Seeing it on film helped yeah. as well. But oh still, even the, the sequences of the... The, the automated cars that are driving hundreds of miles per hour, it still looks really good today. It does because of Spielberg and his movies age terrifically. And I think that Tom and Spielberg are really a great match. I hope to God they make another movie together soon. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not. They're the towards... thing is, Tom has found his guys. Yeah, and also and Lyman. Spielberg's direction of films haven't completely been action heavy lately. Exactly, the last, like ten years, yeah. aside from aside um, from Ready Indiana Player Jones One. and Ready Player One. But Ready Player One's the action sequences are heavily yeah, involved in the Oasis. Indie Four was more than ten years ago. That's what I'm. Yeah, okay. that was a long time. It's like two thousand nine. Long fucking time. Long, oh my god. <laughs> God, I'm old. <laughs> but yeah, my, yeah, he has made, yeah, I made that like five years ago. But the, the, st- the combination of them two, they're just great storytellers. And yeah. I think this and War of the Worlds are great movies, but mine and Ori reports the superior. I just think that Spielberg's moved on from that kind of movie yeah. for the rest of his career. Maybe. He's but, more interested because in, he's done those movies, the action adventure, strong hero, done that so many times. And I think that he's more interested in other kinds of stories to tell, like Bridge of Spies or The Post, so things yeah. like that. And there's so many things about this movie, the tech involved, that are relevant to our lives, like it's surveillance, AI, we have the facial recognition, eye recognition. Yeah. It's really interesting how close to fruition we have come with some of the tech from this movie in 2002, which is a futuristic world. I wanted that movie, man. I wanted it. I know you did. I want, I want my phone call. You went for Magnolia. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to pick one of them if you want to save one of them. <laughs> you spelled minority reporting correctly. It's one T. Sorry, not two T's. <laughs> it's not like a thought report had two T's. I'm just trying to help, man. <laughs> it's the dude. These buttons, like smartphones. Like, here like, come the excuses. The buttons are so uh-huh. small. Come on, man. I misspell shit all the time. I constantly misspell stuff. If I swear to God, like I have to triple read my letterbox reviews okay. because there's no autocorrect in it. What the fuck is up with autocorrect and, tr- and changing great to Greta every time you type great? They want you to talk about Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> Does it happen to you? Every time I'm typing great, it goes to Greta. 
every know. time. I don't know, man. Check, try it next time with your phone. It does Greta. Let me let me see. Every is it only time. when you're texting, or is it when I'm texting? Yeah, always. I don't. Know, I can't tell you how many times I've had to change Greta to great because I was trying to type. Is the great. first word of the sentence or just mid sentence? I think mid sentence. Yeah. All right. So, Anthony, I'm gonna text you right now. Anthony is not great. <laughs> not spelt out great. Shut up. And then I'll write <laughs> great as the first word. No, it's it's great, man. Well, it happens to me all the time. It's probably because you wrote Greta a lot in your phone or something, because it kind of re- remembers the things you type. That's why it all corrects and I've sp- never recommends specific te- words when you're typing. So you're just a huge Greta Gerwig fan. I understand how I understand how autocorrect works. No, no, I but it. I, but it, it it gets evolved to each person that uses it, so it recommends <laughs> the ones that you type a lot. So you must write Greta all the time, every day, man. every day, every day. Just, <laughs> I love Greta Gerwig. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> all right, Anthony, we're on round five now. Why don't you go ahead and pick your next great Tom Cruise movie? Your next I mean, great Tom Cruise movie. I mean, I'm gonna go with Stanley Kubrick with eyes wide shut. God damn it! I'm not gonna not pick I was Stanley trying, Kubrick. That was, that was my sleeper, man. That was oh. my sleeper pick. There's no such thing as a sleeper Kubrick. God damn it! Uh, eyes wide shut is amazing. I think it's incredible. It's one of my favorite Kubrick movies to rewatch. I think it's a really interesting movie. It's fascinating. Um, there's really nothing like it. Just like all of his films, that's what's so special about him as a director and filmmakers. All of his movies are so wholly unique. They're, you can't even put them up against other movies because they're so um, their own thing. And even, I mean, there's no movie like Eyes Wide Shut. There's no movie like A Clockwork Orange. There are movies that tried to pull off 2001, but there's no movie like 2001. It's just, he's just, he really is one of the greatest. If He could be the greatest director of all time. Um, but Eyes Wide Shut, such a cool movie. I love, I, I fucking love Eyes Wide Shut. Me too, and it's man. so much deeper than people think it is. It is. It is. Longest film shoot of all time, too. Yeah, two over years. Over a year. Yeah, over a year. Over a year. It was like 380 days of shooting. But I do think that Eyes Wide Shut in, production, in I mean. working with Kubrick for that long, doing that many takes of that many scenes, I think it really improved Tom Cruise's acting. Because Nicole was always exceptional. And Tom Cruise has always been a great actor. But Nicole was always a better actor. She's just unbelievable at acting. And then I think Eyes Wide Shut changed tom cruise as an actor he became i think more patient and more inquisitive i just see like there's a before eyes wide shut tom cruise and then an after eyes wide shut tom cruise it's an interesting theory we'll have to ask him someday if we ever meet him yeah i'll ask him that was there a major change in your acting career when i bet man before and after working with stanley kubrick you do thousands of takes with kubrick i'm sure that has an impact on you true i i, I believe it all right anthony took eyes wide shut in looking pretty round. good mother effer okay now it's my turn for my fifth pick. Oh, what to pick? What to pick? He's still got so many bangers. This man's filmography is absolutely it's absurd. A lot of good ones. It's absolutely absurd. Like, no one will ever touch this guy. So, with my fifth pick in the Tom Cruise draft, I'm going to select another legacy sequel. <laughs> Damn, you got it. One of the best ever and one of Marty's best movies, The Color of Money. Which came out in 1986, the sequel to The Hustler, starring Tom Cruise and the great Paul Newman, two insanely dynamic actors and camera presences, presences that, when combined on together, it just blows up the screen every single time. It's absolutely sensational. The energy that Tom brings to this role is Vincent, and then Fast Eddie, played by Paul Newman, reprising his role as one of his most iconic characters. Fast Eddie's lost a little bit of his game, he thinks, but he is currently managing a young prospect in the billiards game and the hustling game and teaching him the ropes. And they eventually kind of butt heads by the end of the film. And it's a great movie. 
what Martin Scorsese brings to filmmaking and making billiards or pool so cinematically dynamic, I feel like only he could have done. It's a beautiful film. The cinematography is astounding for it being a pool movie. And it's one of the best sports movies of all time. It's got to be because pool is technically a sport. Not like poker like Anthony thought the other day. But I love the color of money. I'm going to Google this. Is poker a sport? Poker's, there's no way poker's a sport. It. There's I'm no effing way. Googling it. We no got in a big way. debate the other day. No effing way. Is is poker? Is Greta? Is... <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great movie. The, it's got ups and downs. Great, great script. Excellent acting. And it's funny. It's sharp. Dramatic. Emotional. And a terrific, terrific ending. The last shot will leave you on the edge of your seat. And I loved it. I saw it for the first time last year in five out of five. It's it's def- it's uh not completely. No Listen, one's agreed if you upon. can drink Jack and Cokes while you're playing, I don't consider it a sport. I mean, here it says poker clearly meets mainstream definitions of a sport. And then and then also another one says poker does not fit our description of a real sport. Is chess a sport, Anthony? Chess? No, it's not a sport. I compare those two completely. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great correlation. Thank you. It's a game. I'll give pool sport. It's pool's a sport. I'll give pool. You get to bend over. Yeah, a lot you of physical lean. exertion. You gotta lean, man. You gotta hit that pretty hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> You're hitting it hard the other night. When we I would say pool. because pool has so much finesse. I mean, I know all about that. I did hit the best pool shot of my life the other day. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it because... Because that's how good it was. See? It, that's how I know it's good because you were like, oh, damn it, I want to hear about you, it. I know, it's just because I'm sick of hearing about it. You told like seven people... <laughs> In front of me, in different occasions, different days, about this pool shot. That's you how good it was. It oh, was such cool. a good shot. <laughs> it was such a good shot. It would have been better if you called that pocket, by the way. It was such a good shot. <laughs> I didn't think it would go in. He didn't call the pocket. Hey, I still won. The guys gave me the victory because they said, I can't take that away from you. Is that good of a shot? I would shot? not have given you the victory. I'd been like, you lost. You, you didn't call the pocket on the eight ball. No, you... Well, I mean, because you're not a good sportsman. I'm not. No, I play by the rules of sport of the sport. Pool. It was a, it was a respect thing. They were like, they were like, I respect that shot. I'm, I'm letting you take that. It was a respect, man. All right, let's move on to round six of the Tom Cruise draft, Anthony. <laughs> also, how many t- how many movies should we end with each? Do you want to end with like fifteen? Fifteen's good. Yeah, yeah. We can do yeah. fifteen. We don't have to do all forty five of these. Fifteen. Let's do fifteen. Okay, there's a lot of good ones left. A lot of good ones. Long fucking time. I'm going to go with my guy, my main man, Michael Mann. (laughs) (laughs) Collateral. (laughs) Who's the main man? Is it Brian De Palma? Is it Martin Scorsese? Is it Michael Mann? Ed Hot Zimmer. They're all my main man. (laughs) Don't tell them that. (laughs) Collateral is amazing. It's it's a really underrated crime film. Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise are... Really exceptional together. Their chemistry is off the charts. I love seeing Tom as Vincent the villain. His character looks really cool. Michael Mann's directing is amazing as it always is. It's a really cool, tight thriller. It knows what it is. It doesn't try to be anything else. And it's uh, the first time you watch it, it's very surprising. It's shocking. You're really like watching things unfold. Like You don't know what's going to happen next. I remember when we saw this in theaters, it was like really incredible and it, it is rewarding on rewatches, but that first watch, it's one of those movies where you are just like, what's going to happen next? Like, I can't see how this is going to end or where this story's going to go. It's that cool of a movie. And and a great L.A. film. Great, great L.A. movie. I love it. Collateral. Yeah, I, I love the character. You know, it's something Tom's never really done before, this hitman. Takes a cabbie on a ride all night. 
And there's the great moment where he talks about in the back of the cab how people in New York basically don't pay attention. There's so many people around, and this man rode a subway, and he was dead, and no one noticed. It took people like 10 hours to notice. And eventually, Vincent kind of has a similar fate. Exactly. It's cool. It's a really good movie. And he plays Vincent. He's just like a complete, um, in a way, I would say it's a sociopath because he feels zero empathy for what he's doing at all. It's interesting to see like a complete lack of emotion. Like killing people is just like taking out the tr- taking out the trash or like doing paperwork. There's like it doesn't phase him at all. And you can really see that in the performance of it's not like you. I think so many actors, they go to more crazy. You know what I mean? Going towards like the kind of derangement. But for him, it's so like professional. And in a way, it seems more realistic of like a hitman. That's why I like the killer too. And the thing with Vincent and yeah. Collateral, it's kind of funny. We both back-to-back movies Vincent's, where he plays a char- yeah. character named Vincent with Color of Money and Collateral. Where when I watch Collateral, I always like to imagine what his life was like before he was a hitman. Because it seems like he hasn't always done this for a profession. It, it seems like he used to have maybe a normal job. And he got sick of it or found something else to do. And that's killing people for yeah. a living. I think so. I think it's a cool... Yeah, you want to see Vincent Origins? No, I don't want Origins, but that's why the character's so good because you get to imagine your own origins yeah, for it. You know, yeah. that's what I love about so many standalone movies is we don't need an origin. That's story. a sign of a great character if yeah. you're like trying to figure out what led them to this moment. But you can see that in the character. Like this doesn't seem like it's always been what he's always done because there's a lot of dialogue between him and Jamie Foxx's character that kind of alludes to that. Very philo- philosophical dialogue yeah. too. Yeah, he's a very smart character. Like it seems like he doesn't love what he's doing. He's just kind of doing it because it's just where Pays his well. paths led him. Yeah. It's really cool for a Hitman movie. It's awesome. All right, so that ends round. Oh, no, it's round six, and it's my turn. Yeah, you got one more. You got one more. All right. <laughs> I know what I'm taking with my sixth pick in the Tom Cruise draft. The funniest movie he's ever done. <laughs> Tropic Thunder, baby. And, yes, this counts as a Tom Cruise movie. He has a great supporting role yeah. as Lex Grossman in, like, seven or eight scenes. He was nominated for an Oscar. This is the yeah. movie that it really made him hip, I think, again. The Mission Impossible franchise was always still going, but he had a belt where he was. Some of his movies were duds in the late 2000s, early 2010s, outside of the Mission Impossible franchise, which was starting to cook back up again after number three. But, I mean, Night and Day wasn't received super well. He had a couple other movies that not a lot of people saw. Oblivion was well, a couple but, years later. Yeah, Night and Day was after it, too. But uh, Tropic Thunder was a 2008? Tropic Thunder was 2008, the year before was Lions for Lambs, and then Mission Impossible 3. It was oh, people. I think the Mission Impossible franchise was still teetering on the edge of people being uninterested. Yeah, in. will Even it survive? Three. And three is good. It was a good kind of reboot, but you it, could say, yeah. for the franchise. But Coast Protocol, I think, saved the franchise. But then Tropic Thunder, and especially with Tom in the court of public opinion of the 2000s, so many people That's what it is, didn't I really think. like yeah, him. But this movie movies. showed everyone and reminded everyone, especially a whole new generation, that Tom Cruise is hysterical and highly likable. And he just loves to have fun. And loves what he does for a living because who would want to play this character? And to have Tom Cruise, the biggest star alive, play this despicable, hilarious, terrible character that with, like, this gross look. Obviously, we know who they designed it off of. It's so fun! And he has a blast! And the the dance sequence at the end is incredible, but he's so damn funny in this movie. 
So many one-liners, a lot of improvisation on set as no well. No more frequent flyer bitch mouse for my boy. My boy. Player. <laughs> player. <laughs> big dick. Big swinging dick player. Big dick player. <laughs> hanging, hanging from your knees. <laughs> like ben, when ben I saw Stiller, like, yeah. I can't believe this is Tom Cruise. Ben Stiller said a lot of it was improvised or written by Tom Cruise. A lot yeah. of dialogue. And he wanted the look. He wanted the, the hairy hands, the massive hands. But then the movie insa- is also insanely good. It's yeah. really funny. Very original, very meta. Obviously, poking fun at the Vietnam War films, the war films from the eighties and nineties, and at actors. Yeah, and actors. That's the well. whole point of the movie is making fun of actors. Yeah, it's just kind of making fun of Hollywood in yeah. general. Yeah, exactly. And the pretentious nature of it. Yeah. And I mean, we have a great ensemble. Obviously, Ben Stiller, but then Robert Downey Jr. is such a scene stealer. When Tom Cruise is in stealing, stealing, ste- stealing scenes. Nick Nolte. It's such a great movie. Jack Black. I love Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And I, I don't care how people if people get offended by it. It's it's a, it's a magical. Movie. It's a magical comedy, man. Yeah. It's awesome. It's great. It's great. It still works. Still holds up. <laughs> All right. How about we? Excellent pick. Run to our intermission, sure. and then we'll come back with the rest of our draft because we also we already have six each. We'll come back and can you? Uh, oh yeah, we'll go over the the teams when we get back from the intermission. We'll yeah. How about we leave? Yeah. So if we've done six already, well, we should start. We should do intermission at seven. So do one more, then yeah, intermission. One more. All right. One we'll more. do one more pick. Well, actually, but we might run out of great, great movies, don't you think? Right. It's, hey, if you don't feel comfortable, we don't have to do it. Let's do 12 picks each. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And then a flex. Flex. <laughs> like a bench player. All right, let's move into the intermission. Intermission, then we'll come back. So, but before we continue, before we get to the intermission, we want to tell you about the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast, and that is to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast. All patrons get incredible perks, including access to weekly bonus episodes of the show as well as specific tiers get access to the ad-free version of the show that you can listen to on patreon or listen to on spotify and it's only in the minimum five dollar tier you can get the ad-free experience of every single episode we have other perks including access to our private discord community private and custom episodes that we'll make for you depending on your tier as well as private watch parties it's insane the amount of perks we offer free merch all you have to do Sign up at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast today. I'll put a link to the description in the description of this episode. So you can just click there and you can sign up for a minimum payment of $2 a month. Less than a cup of coffee. That ain't nothing. Word of mouth. It's the key to success. So definitely share us with your friends. Share your favorite episodes. Put us in your Instagram stories. Put us on Twitter. Everywhere. We appreciate it so Sound much. Sound like a business pitch. The key to success. <laughs> the key to success Sell me here. this pen. <laughs> so basically, we're, it's a top-down model. <laughs> it looks like a pyramid, but it's really, it's not a don't pyramid. Don't worry, it's scheme, not a pyramid. Don't worry, yeah, yeah. Not, it just we all benefit. Like it's a triangle. It's, a, <laughs> it's not a pyramid, it's a triangle. <laughs> There's no top. It's just a triangle, I swear. <laughs> this episode, of course, is sponsored by our friends at MoviePosters.com, the number one place to get your posters online today. Be sure you use our promo code Raiders10 at MoviePosters.com. To get 10% off your order right now. They have a huge selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster library. Amazing quality, all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting for your poster needs. They make a great gift for the movie lover in your life for the holiday season. So if you want to get some presents for your movie friends and movie family members, go to MoviePosters.com and get a poster with our coupon code Raiders10. Also, they are doing a movie poster contest with us. If you would like to win a free movie poster from movieposters.com all you gotta do is leave a comment in this episode on youtube so go to the raiders of Lost podcast on youtube and make a comment in the tom cruise movie draft episode that enters you in a chance to win a free movie poster from 
moviepotions.com. We're going to pick a winner in one week. Good luck, everyone. All right, Anthony, let's get into our intermission on this episode. And hopefully you didn't peek down my Google Doc to see the I answers didn't. to the questions I'm going to ask you. I don't need you. to. Yeah, sure you don't. Actually, the, the <laughs> you probably could have used for some of them. Anyways, let's get into the movie Oh, you quote made hard ones? You did hard no, ones? No, 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 not that hard. The quote's pretty easy. It's just fun. Here's my quote. Everyone listening, see if you can guess the movie. I'm listening. One day, it started raining, and it didn't quit for four months. <laughs> We've been through every kind of rain there is. Little bitty stinging rain, a big old fat rain, rain that flew sideways, and sometimes rain even seemed to come straight up from underneath. Shoot, it even rained at night. Such a bonehead. <laughs> Force gum. <laughs> seemed to come up from underneath. <laughs> so dumb. I love in the movie, he's when like, starting flood, he's like trying to, he thinks the drops are coming yeah, from he's underneath. Like, he's like got blocking his hands, it. He has his hands blocking the rain from oh underneath him. Such a bozo. <laughs> All right, my quote is, my mom's attracted to you. She's got a great body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, what movie is that, though? Say it one more time. My mom's attracted to you. She's got a great body. I don't think it's this movie, Cyrus. I don't think so, no. No. Um, I mean, it's a pretty good guess, though, but no, it's not that movie. What is it? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's it. All right, Anthony. Guess this movie release year. Defiance. 2007. 2008. Ugh! Damn it. 2008. That's a great score from James Newton Howard. Sure is. It's a really good score. Okay, what year did The Killing of a Sacred Deer come out? Two thousand eleven. Twenty seventeen. Was it that? Yeah. Oh my god, why does it feel so old to me? Because it's so, you are old. It's twenty twenty three. Oh god, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I should have guessed Barry Kilgore's yeah, like yeah, twenty in that yeah. movie. What what a bozo I am. <laughs> Two thousand eleven. I don't know why. Yeah, it just feels like an old movie. Cause we are old. Cause we are old. <laughs> it's not twenty twenty anymore. Alright, Anthony, let's get into the movie pop quiz time. I don't want to talk about how old I am. Who directed the film? Traffic. Traffic, traffic. Looking, Looking for, for my chapstick. chapstick feeling feeling kind of car sick. There's a Ford Maverick. Malibu's <laughs> most wanted. Steven Soderbergh. Yes, he did. He also edited it. Cool. He edited it on Final Cut. Final Cut Pro? Final Cut Final 7. Final Cut Oh, man. I remember that from college. He edited a movie on that. Well, that's what the Coen Brothers used to use. Mm -hmm. It's a good program back in the day. It was like yeah, really effective yeah. for digital editing. Yeah. That's, that movie's interesting. He does a different color tone um, for each storyline. So the Michael Douglas one is blue. The Mexico one is – the Benicio del Toro one is, is warm. And then the daughter one is green. Like every movie, if they, in, in it Mexico takes place is, in Mexico, they just make it yellow. Yeah, they just make it yellow. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> you get it, guys. It's Mexico. It's hot there. <laughs> you get it, Hollywood. But Soderbergh started it. Did he? Yeah, he really started that. <laughs> He's a trendsetter, man. Okay, which Batman movie did Nicole Kidman star in? It's the which which Batman? It's not. Is it Val when he's Batman? Seal. 
That, that movie it? made his career. Did you know? Did you know? That so when it snows, this, I saw. Try and tell an anecdote about Seal. So Seal came out with that song, sure, and um, it charted at like seventy in its first week, then it dropped, it disappeared, and that really that was their album. That was his big album that they were hoping would be a huge hit, and so that song kind of did okay, but then it just disappeared, and then uh, Hooper, Shoemaker. Yep, was making that film. Joel Shoemaker is a uh, Batman. Was it Forever? Batman Forever? Or Batman Returns? I'm not sure which song that that one was in. I mean, which movie that song? was I can't in. remember which Batman. It movie might have been was. the Clooney one. But Shoemaker was like, I need a song, and I'm a huge fan of yours, and we need it for this romance romance scene. I think it was the one with Val Kilmer. And Seal's like, I don't really have anything new, but I have this album that I just came out with, and it just it, the song's fine. But then Shoemaker's like. I'm not, I'm not going to use that song, but I can put it at the end credits. So he put it at the end credits, and it became like the theme of that Batman movie. And then that album they went made a like, music video. It with, went like triple yeah. platinum because of yeah. it being in the Batman movie. And then Seal, even in the interview, said like, "I would I used to travel the world, obviously, and people thought kids thought I was Batman because <laughs> like um, that song was so prominent in the film and like was associated with Batman so much. That was a big hit. I remember. So Shoemaker and he like helped like his like seals career boomed because of that movie with Shoemaker Makes sense. making that Makes song sense. but remember like same I say with Kurt Cobain and the Batman <laughs> oh my god that's fucked up <laughs> but remember when we were because I thought seals Batman too I didn't think seals Batman thought, he was associated with Batman for well, years well because his music video had the footage from the scenes yeah, like, in yeah the bat- it was that music flying, video yeah, yeah. Is that Batman? <laughs> but um, all right. So, which Nicole came in? Let's get to the funny question. Movie. It's a good anecdote, motherfucker. <laughs> no, it was great anecdote. It was great. Don't do, man. We he was stalling. I was not. I he was, was googling Nicole Kidman's filmography while he was telling that. It anecdote. was a relevant anecdote because <laughs> you were singing the Seal song from a Batman movie. Is it Kisses from the Grave or Tear? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's uh. What is the name of that song? <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> Rose. Rose from a grave. Rose. No. So I'm just seal Batman song. Hold on. Rose seal. from No, it's not Rose from a Grave. Rose in the fucking title. Kiss from a Rose. Told you it Rose in the title. Yeah, you're right. I we both were right. I yeah, said Kiss from a Grave, you said something from a Rose. Yeah. So when we put our heads together. There we go. Was, if we only could put our heads together <laughs> instead of just bickering. <laughs> no, I'm right. No, you're right. We could have been like, oh wait, it's Kiss. What if we from put them together? A Rose. Let's work together. <laughs> no, 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 I can't have that. We can't we can't do that. Okay. Gotta have conflict. The Nicole Kidman Batman movie, twelve hours later. It's not. It's not Batman Forever. It's Bat. No, it's not Batman and Robin. It's Batman Forever. Correct. Got it. Batman Forever. Yes, you got it, man. The Val Kilmer one. Yes. You said it earlier, and I was like, I hope he doesn't guess that one. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want me to guess it right. Oh, yeah, I mean, you don't want me to guess them right. That's well, why we make the questions. No, they're fun though. Like the Forrest Gump was. Yeah, obvious. we also make challenging ones. Don't, yeah, act, don't act like you don't. Want, don't act like you want me to get them all right. No, but I want to. I want to have fun. <laughs> Such a liar. <laughs> if I if I wanted to stump you, I wouldn't have done Forrest Gump, man. Yeah, you give me plenty of stumpers though. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, I'm not. You just want to do the the accent. I just like doing you did a great it. job. <laughs> so you got some haters. Yeah, you, who do you pull, have for haters and unsubscribes? Let me pull out the haters. Besides you and my seal <laughs> anecdote. No one cares about no, seal's I career. Loved, he... No, I loved the anecdote. I thought it was great. I was just being an <laughs> asshole. It was just, it was just a very long story. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give a context. <laughs> that story needed context because you need to understand that that album just de- died on arrival. I'm just breaking DOA. your balls, man. I'm just breaking your balls. Kiss of, I loved it. Kiss of the Rose DOA until it was put in Batman. Oh, yeah. Do we have any unsubscribes? Hold on. No, I don't have. Oh, wait. I got some. Wait, no. We did those last episode. Sorry, bear with me. Okay. 
Gotcha. Jonathan Castellano, Castellanos wrote on our Covenant Prometheus episode, What? You guys didn't like Your Highness? Guess you didn't watch it high enough <laughs> and subscribe. <laughs> that was good. I think that's the only reason why that movie would be enjoyable is if you're stoned when yeah, you watch it. Yeah. That's uh, it's for unsubscribes this week. That was a good one. You crack me up. We have a great five-star review from- Oh, sorry, sorry. We got one more. Sorry. Okay. This is going to have to wait. Earbuds and headphones, James. That's it. Unsubscribes <laughs> from Mitchell. <laughs> You're wearing earbuds and headphones. Because of the Zoom, when we do Zoom calls, so I, I wear headphones for the the audio interface that we record the show on, and then I have headphones for the Zoom audio. So it, it looks silly, but there's, there's oh a method. God, it was so funny. There's a method to the madness. It cracked me up when I saw that. <laughs> you do look pretty ridiculous. There's a couple of TikTok videos of, of You're that. You're like six sets of headphones on. I'm the, I, we don't have an audio engineer on set. <laughs> so we, I got to listen to the Zoom and the audio interface. It's funny. Anyways, it's funny. It does look weird. Great five-star review right now, though, from It's Fear. Addictive. Nice. I'm glad I found this podcast. Now my morning routine starts with these two. The audio is immersive. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Wow, it's fear. Thank you so Thanks, much for the fear. five-star review. And that was, I like that. The cool audio username. is immersive. Cool username. It's yeah, fear. They spell it I-T-S-P-H-E-E-R. It's oh, fear. fear. It's, fear. it's fear. It's a good pun. Must be their name or something. Possibly. All right, Anthony, what's your streaming recommendation for this episode? Mine is a movie I just watched called The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. It's one of the most incredible classic westerns ever made from John Huston. Humphrey Bogart is amazing. There's a great cast as well. It's about gold seekers digging for gold in the Mexican desert and turning on each other. And it's just such a great, great story. I, I fucking love it. It's so good. Check it out. My streaming recommendation is a film that is on Amazon Prime from the 1960s. The Graduate. Nice. Is available for stream for Prime users. Can't recommend it enough. It's hysterical. Incredible coming-of-age film. And a big breakout role for the great Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Now, let's get back into our Tom Cruise draft. We did six rounds already. Let me name off the team so far. And we'll do another six more picks. And we'll see who has the best team, according to our listeners. Anthony's Tom Cruise team currently is Top Gun Maverick, The Last Samurai, Magnolia, Mission Impossible, the OG, Eyes Wide Shut, and Collateral. Pretty good. James's team, the GOAT, my team. You're the GOAT? You call yourself the GOAT? Mission Impossible, Fallout, Edge of Tomorrow, Risky Business, Minority Report, The Color of Money, and Tropic Thunder. It's a good team. Thanks. It's a good team. Likewise. Anthony, would you care to start us off with round seven of the Tom Cruise draft? I would love to. But first of all, first things first, <laughs> you gotta... Show me the money! Motherfucker! <laughs> Show me the money! Help me help you. <laughs> that was my next pick. You complete me, man. Jerry Maguire. One of my favorite rom-coms. It's also hysterical comedy. Great sports film. Amazing cast. Tom Cruise just destroys it. Renee Zellweger is amazing. Their chemistry is wonderful. It's a really great love story. And it's rare for like such a good romance film to also be hysterical. And it's just it's kind of like in a league of its own in that genre. It's really that great of a movie. Cameron Crowe is an excellent director sometimes, and um, this, is, <laughs> sometimes. this is one of them. This is one of his. This is probably his best movie, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that Almost Famous is also so good, though. Is that? Oh my God! Yeah, he made Almost Famous. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if 
they're both exceptional, yeah. but I would probably put Almost Famous a little bit above Jeremy Maguire. But actually, it's, I think I would, I think I like Jeremy Maguire better. I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. is yeah. awesome in this movie as well. I, I think I like Jeremy Maguire better. Is a it's a classic. It really yeah. is. And that was great. that was my next pick. All right, so Anthony has selected Jerry Maguire with the seventh pick. In also, the draft. it's just so quotable too. It's so many famous quotes from that movie. Yeah, there sure are. Help me, help you. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Next up is my pick in the seventh round. I'm taking. Speaking of Dustin Hoffman, nice. Rain Man, which co-stars Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. And it's an exceptional drama, great comedy, and also a road trip movie where these two brothers, one is an autistic savant, and then his brother is very callow, and they are heading home, right? Is that is that the plot? They're going home, if I remember correctly? Tom is bringing him to an address to drop him off at a, at a place to— Because their father died? Their father died, yeah. and so he's—he figures—he learns that they're brothers, so he's trying to drop him off. Yeah. And then— But they end up bonding by the end of the trip because then, they're sort yeah. of estranged. Yeah. But they end up getting along They're really very, well. They, they've just never met since he, since Tom was a little kid. Yeah. And it's terrific. Great chemistry. Great comedy. Great drama. And I it's think— It's an excellent screenplay, yeah. too. It's a really good screenplay. Dustin's like, awesome. Yeah, it's like pitch perfect, beat for beat, a great screenplay. And then, yeah, Dustin's amazing. 1988, too. Yeah. So it's a banger from the 80s. Extremely successful movie. Oh, over 300 million, I think. Yeah. Or over 400 million. Barry Levinson, really, yeah. really capable director. Maybe his best movie. In it the- is his best movie, yeah. yeah. And— also, Tom Zimmer's first score as a composer. That's right, as a film his composer. First score, his first score. For a feature-length film. Yeah. Really cool. He was really playing with the 80s and then yeah. the, like the xylophone. That, that xylophone, but like that dun dun dun. From yeah. Similar to like Broken Arrow, but also in True Romance. Yeah. That kind of like yeah. theme that was so prevalent in like the 80s and 90s movies. It's it very playful. Everywhere. Yeah, very playful. The playful. Dun, there dun, are trends dun, dun, dun. in film composition for sure. There are trends. There sure are. All right, Anthony, eighth round. Who are you taking with your next pick? This is actually getting pretty pretty difficult. Who am I going to take? Oh, man, there's so many good ones left. But you know what? I just watched this recently, and I really liked it, and I love horror. And it's a really great horror v- film, and I really like vampire movies, and it's a great vampire movie. So I'm going to interview with the vampire. I think it's a really great film. And Tom is exceptional as Lestat. He's so freaking good in this he, movie. I think he honestly was a vampire in yeah, this role he, temporarily. He's <laughs> so good in this movie. Unrecognizable. So I'm going to interview, interview with the vampire. And it's just a fucking top tier, one of the best vampire movies ever made. Yeah, the cast is awesome. I mean, him, it's Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and then Kirsten Dunst in a great early role. And Tony Banderas, too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome movie, great period piece. Production design's exceptional. The horror is really good, but also great metaphorical and philosophical themes about what it means to be a vampire and what that life means for somebody who doesn't want to be have that curse and kill people for the rest of their life. It's a really good movie. Really good movie. It's excellent. I have not seen the show, the remake, but I haven't, yeah, I've heard mixed yeah. things about it. So Anthony has taken an interview with a vampire. Now it's my turn. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's it take? What's it take? Okay. I'm going to take another Mission Impossible movie. This time I'm taking Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Good pick. I think this is a top-tier Mission Impossible movie. This features one of the coolest stunts that they ever did with um, 
This is, wait, no, this isn't. This the, is the Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, first okay, one. this is Rebecca McCoy's Ferguson's first, first film. Yeah, which is why I'm picking it because I think she's such a great. It addition. has the motorcycle chase. The motorcycle chase, yeah. but she's such a great addition to the franchise. Ilsa is one of my favorite characters in just action cinema this century. Um, and There's then we the have, plane, the on the wing of the plane. Yeah, the opening the on the side from of the, the yeah, plane. From the plane. Yeah. That's a really cool stuff. But I love Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, continuing sim- a similar storyline, kind of with some of the same characters from Ghost Protocol in 2011. And then just introducing this whole new web of Solomon Kane as a, Solomon Lane. Solomon. Why do I always say <laughs> you Kane? You always say Kane. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Solomon Kane. That's a character from. What is that? I don't know. It's, it's, Solomon. Solomon Kane. Hold on, I gotta look this up because like <laughs> Solomon Kane is from nothing. <laughs> it's a movie, two thousand and nine. It's a movie. Yeah. Is it or is it a character in the Bible? In the Bible? I don't. I don't, I don't remember any characters from the Bible. It's been a while. I know Noah. Just name five. Jesus. Like Noah, Michael, jo- Judas. Judas is in there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, David, Solomon Lang. So introducing him as a great villain for. A couple movies for the franchise in overarching story arcs going forward, but I think it's an awesome movie. It's a great movie. Great action flick. Opera scene's great. Um, sure is. Yeah, but that motorcycle chase, whew, damn. What a great fucking chase scene. I love that. Yeah, so this is the fifth movie in the Mission Impossible <sighs> franchise. It's also got a lot of great com- comedic elements, like when he and Simon Pegg are driving the car and Simon Pegg's freaking out, and then they they crash into Renner and Vink Rames, and they're like, Hey, <laughs> it's really funny. It also has, I think, the most underrated stunt that Tom Cruise has ever done. The underwater movie? One? No, no. So the the stunt where he is imprisoned behind, and he's tied oh, yeah. to a pipe. So he does the, the pipe. Basically, the, his hands are tied behind the pipe above his head, and he has to basically shimmy himself up the pipe while Ilsa's fighting all those henchmen. Some core strength right there. And that stunt looks intense. Obviously, it's edited, so he only does like three of those ab pumps up to get off the the pipe but it looks insanely hard to do and yeah. he freaking really does it yeah besides when he's jumping off obviously they probably use wire, but like strength. to get up the pipe it looks really intense and i think it's maybe the most underrated song he's ever done it is very underrated yeah it's just because it's less showy than the other ones cinematically it's, it's awesome. so quick it's badass it's so quick yeah but yeah it's one of my favorite things he's done in mission Impossible. um robert elswood i believe shot this film if i remember correctly gonna make that money oh yeah getting paid Robert Ellswit. Well, I mean, he's always he was he made a couple of the James Bond Brosnan movies. True, but also the important thing about Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Five, is the first the first one that Christopher McQuarrie directed. Yep, that's what I said earlier. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was McQuarrie's first one. <laughs> oh, you mumbled. I didn't hear it. <laughs> you weren't listening. It was not at all. It's okay, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what to pick what to pick i got it we're in the ninth round now i got it i'm going with just fucking aaron sorkin's breakout movie a few good men baby what a great movie what a great courtroom drama incredible screenplay from now probably the greatest screenwriter alive and really it all hinges on tom is excellent in this movie he is really good in this movie demi moore's great great as well kevin bacon's awesome as the uh the rival as the defense attorney uh, to Tom Cruise's uh, prosecuting atten- attorney. But this movie really captured Tom Cruise as the hotshot stereotype he played a lot. Because when the movie starts, he's just like he's just on this case. He doesn't really care about it. He's just doing it because 
he's supposed to he was assigned it but he's like doesn't really care about winning he thinks it's kind of a waste of time and he has more important things to do but then when he begins to learn about what's what really happened and he becomes invested in the the victims and what in in the the dramatic dramatic stakes of it and the truth the truth he changes as a, as a person you know who he is at the start of the film is completely different from that showdown with Jack Nicholson at the end demanding the truth and man that is one of my favorite dramatic moments ever of him and Nicholson sparring and getting Nicholson to finally give in that you can't handle the truth. It is so legendary. It still holds up. It's incredible performances. Jack is great. Jack, he's done, he's done so many remarkable, memorable performances, but as the, as the general in this film, it is really exceptional acting. He's, he fucking, it, he just destroys the screen like always. And then Tom proved himself. You're going up against one of the greatest actors of all time. If not the. Yeah, yeah, possibly the greatest ever. And you're holding your own and also kind of showing him up a little bit here and there. So I think it was a big step forward for Tom. It showed audiences that he really did have the chops. You know, born on the 4th of July, it was a very juicy role. Whereas in The Few Good Men, it really all hinged upon how good is he at acting. And he proved it. He had the chops with A Few Good Men. Great selection. Great, Thanks. great selection. You can't handle the truth. I want the truth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My pick in the, is this the eighth round or ninth round? This is the ninth round. You know what? I have the need. <laughs> you got the it. The need for speed, baby. A sleeper with Top Gun in the ninth round? How did I pull this out? This Top Gun. Oh, my God. This movie changed everything for me. And... It hasn't aged completely well. Some of the sequences, like when he goes into the ladies' room and everything. It's very rom- It's a lot of romance. Yeah, there's movie. a lot of romance, but also yeah. a lot of creepy behavior, for yeah. sure. But what this movie meant to just action cinema, to the masculine archetype of characters in cinema and movies and TV, and it's just so badass. It's just one of the best 80s movies ever made, and it's so fucking cool. This is a movie we grew up... It was like peak cinema to us when we were kids, and it was... <laughs> Maverick was our hero. Everyone knew who Maverick was. He was such a cool character. Dramatic, obviously. But man, I, I freaking love Top Gun. I'll, I'll put this on anytime. Tony Scott was such a great director. You know, when it comes to, in terms of crafting, like, great pieces of cinema, Ridley's obviously a, a better he's director. Superior overall, director, overall yeah. you know, he's yeah. made some of the best movies of all time. But Tony Scott was so capable Excellent filmmaker. You could, you could say he's the greatest action director ever. He could be. Yeah. He was up there. You know, he's comparable to John Woo at the time, and, and their runs at action cinema were, were great. But I freaking love this movie, man, and, and Top Gun's iconic, and it's, it is probably Tom Cruise's, or was his most famous role until Mission Impossible really had such a resurgence yeah. the last 10 years, but for 30 years, it was Top it's Gun. because they made six of them before Maverick's yeah. sequel. Exactly. Yeah. There's one Top Gun movie. And it was as iconic of a character or franchise as Mission Impossible, you could say, into Tom Cruise's career. So important because superstardom. Huge hit. After Top Gun Maverick, superstardom. The biggest star in America in, in the world eventually. Huge hit. Huge hit. That's a great pick. Thanks, man. I was wondering. I was thinking about getting that next. Wow. However, now, hold on. Nine, nine rounds now. Let me Let's round up it. the teams and give everyone, up, everyone an update. So Anthony's team after nine rounds is Top Gun Maverick, The Last Samurai, Magnolia, Mission Impossible, Eyes Wide Shut, Collateral, Jerry Maguire, Interview with a Vampire, and A Few Good Men. My team, James's team, 
Mission Impossible Fallout, Edge of Tomorrow, Risky Business, Minority Report, The Color of Money, Tropic Thunder, Rain Man, Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nation, and Top Gun. Great stuff. Wow, pretty good teams. Three more rounds. Okay. Three more picks each, Anthony. I'm going to go with um, probably Tom Cruise's most underrated movie. What's that? American Made from Doug Lyman. It's a great crime movie. It's about a guy who was a smuggler for guns for the FBI into uh, into uh, oh, what fucking country was it? I can't remember. Sorry. Um, Mexico. And he, he played a drug runner who was a pilot, and he used his plane and a couple other planes that he was in charge of to smuggle weapons from the FBI into rebellious armed forces um, to basically help America Americans uh, to help d- d- defeat Americans' rivals who were up against rebel forces. It's a really tr- based on a true story. This stuff really happened, but this movie it kind of flew under the radar. I'm not sure why because it's it's very much like a Goodfellas esque kind of approach to a movie, narrated. Uh, very entertaining. Tom Cruise is really charismatic and charming, and he's got a the southern accent. He's just just a freewheeling pilot who just was put into this crazy situation of becoming partners with the FBI uh, under under closed door, behind closed doors, and illegally. It also showed the corruption of uh, the government. Um, it's just a really fun movie. It's super cool. Great stunt sequences, funny sequences. I mean. Tom Cruise, you've really never seen him like this before. Uh, I think it's a different kind of role for him. And I think it's Doug Lyman is one of his better movies for sure. I would it's a put good it, one. I would yeah. put it as his third best movie. He's like an outlaw in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun, rewatchable movie, I think. Yeah, I, I recommended it to mom like a couple of months ago, and she loved it. Nice. It's a good movie. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. I like that. It's a sleeper. All right. I wouldn't say it's a sleeper. Top Gun was a sleeper. At nine. I mean, Top Gun's great. Yeah, yeah sleeper, exactly. Yeah. All right, so my not tenth pick of the draft is going to be, I got another Spielberg movie, baby. War, War of the, the Worlds. Worlds. Hell yeah. It's such a good science fiction film. Such a great doomsday movie in a way. Alien Invasion. It's so underrated. It really is. And it's great. I don't understand how divisive this film has become. It's because of the second half. I guess, yeah, some people don't love the it's ending because in the second half. They, they weren't defeated. They just died. Yeah, I, I understand that. I do get that. It doesn't. It irks people, but I mean, irked. I think it's really interesting. That's like a great. It. It's a great uh, movie. It's but huge. the first, the first half hour of War of the Worlds, it's got to be the most effective and terrifying invasion film ever. For like the first thirty minutes of setting up a great family dynamic of uh, divorced parents and then the kids and how they deal with it, separated parents, and then Tom Cruise. Super charming, charismatic, but also kind of an asshole at the same time. It's one of his best characters he does, like that typical, like, Tom Cruise, great, cool, funny, also a dick. <laughs> it works. It really does. But it's, it's different. He's, like, he's got a muscle car. He's, like, a, he's a, what do you call it, a car head? What is that called? Gearhead. Gearhead. He's yeah. a gearhead. He's got all the mechanic shit in his, in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a mechanic. Great, great filmmaking, too. So many long takes. But then just really... The suspense built by Spielberg to get to the point of the first attack and being with the people on, on ground zero of this alien spacecraft from coming from underground after this terrifying lightning storm. And then just the invasion aspect of these alien ships, these tripods walking through the cities, disintegrating people to dust 
terrifying. I, I get so scared when I watch this movie. The last time I watched it, I was on a plane and we had turbulence at the same time, and I was shitting my pants, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to die right I'm now. Man, this is pretty great. I'm not afraid of turbulence, but like when I was you're wa- not afraid to shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shit them if I have to. <laughs> I, I don't get afraid of turbulence anymore, like I like I did when I was a kid. But when I was watching this movie at the same time, it really it, it was like 4DX. Well, I say I don't get afraid. I say I'm not afraid of turbulence until I have bad turbulence, and I'm like, fuck, we might die. <laughs> But man, War of the Worlds is excellent. It really is. It, those sequences are astounding. The first hour is astounding. Awesome. Awesome movie. Thanks. Let's get a pick. I have something better for your 11th pick. I'm getting back into the Mission Impossible franchise. <laughs> With Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, baby. It is so much fun. It hit all the right beats. It's everything I wanted. Stunts are insane. The story's cool. Characters are great. Have a new a couple new people involved. More Vanessa Kirby's always a good thing. Um, very tragic too. There's a I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it, but there's a really emotional part halfway through this film where I was shocked. And Haley Atwell is really amazing in this role, and I can't wait to see her moving forward. Her and Tom are fantastic together. Um, Simon Pegg's hilarious like always. Ving Rhames, but I really enjoyed this film. It was awesome to see in theaters on a big screen. Great score from Lauren Balf. Amazing directing from Christopher McQuarrie. And I'm really excited to see the second film. I cannot wait. We have to wait a whole another year, though. 2025, unfortunately. We didn't have three summers of Tom Cruise like we like thought we, we would. would. Yeah, we, we were excited. It's a perfect world. Not anymore. <laughs> Great pick. I'm pretty pretty jealous. That one was a sleeper. That is a sleeper, That's a sleeper. I, will, I will say. That's a fucking sleeper. I just wanted to, to diversify my team. I didn't want to do every Mission Possible. I know. That was my strategy. That was my strategy to get you to start picking well, so more Mission Impossible. Now you're starting movies. to take kickers and defense, so I'm going to go ahead and take Mission Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mission Impossible and Reckoning is not a kicker. It was a joke because when people like take kickers, like, oh, I got to take a kicker now. Uh-huh. Or, okay, you took a quarterback, so I got to start taking my quarterbacks. How's that? Is that better? I think you're just jealous of my pick is what it is. I, it is. I am jealous. Yeah. I just told you that. It's a sleeper, jealous. baby. It's, it's a sleeper, kid. <laughs> Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is my next pick. Mission Impossible 4. Excellent film. We have the great sun sequence of Dubai with the, uh, what's that? What's that? Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa, and as well as kind of a new aspect to the Mission Impossible Force, where they have to kind of go underground and go rogue in a way, and they have to operate on their own. Uh, Jeremy Renner's introduced in this film, as well as who else? Uh, who else is introduced to this film? The secretary is introduced in this movie too, mm-hmm. who uh, doesn't last very long. <laughs> But I really like Leia Seydoux's uh, assassin. Yeah, Leia Seydoux. But Simon Pegg is a scene stealer in this movie. He really busted out the comedy. I really love the opening sequence of breaking that guy out of the Russian prison with Tom- with Ethan Hunt as well. It's a lot of fun. Not to mention his escape from Russian authorities. The ex- blowing up of the Kremlin is crazy. And infiltrating the Kremlin is such a delightful five, ten minutes between with Tom and Simon Pegg. Just their chemistry together is perfect. The dynamic between Ethan and... And Benji is so fun to watch. And Paula Patton. Paula Patton. That's who I, I couldn't remember her name. But um, I think that's one of the coolest sequences of the Mission Impossible franchise is infiltrating the Kremlin. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great movie. But it kind of established the, the, the dynamic they would have together because it's Benji's first time in the field and how that's just taken place and been a, a consistent throughout the franchise. Now. They leaned into the comedy and it worked. Really effectively. Because Benji was mostly in the van, like Ving Rhames in the third film. He was, yeah, yeah, and, and also like at the headquarters. So I think that making him a field agent was the right move for Mission Impossible. And that's a good pick. I actually just watched that two weeks ago. It's what? 
It's awesome. Awesome. This is awesome. 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 It's a really it's great, awesome movie. really great movie. This is how I normally talk. I love Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Hmm. We have eleven total right now, right? So, so this is the last pick. I believe so. One. Let me double check. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yep. Last dr- last oh, round of the draft. Man, Here we last go. Last pick. The last pick. What am I gonna do? Make it a good one. Definitely not cocktail. <laughs> not cocktail. Yeah, definitely not cocktail. It's probably that might be his weakest movie as a lead actor. Man, there's still a couple of really good ones left. I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Don't blow it, man. Fuck. Um, I'm gonna go with Jack Reacher. I like Jack Reacher a lot. It's just a solid, taut, tight thriller. I know he doesn't look like Jack Reacher. I understand that. However, that being said, the fights are fucking awesome and brutal. And the car chase halfway through this movie is amazing. You can. This is why Christopher McQuarrie got the Mission Impossible job. Because he directed his ass off in this movie. It also has a great opening scene. Very reminiscent of um, Dirty Harry. Of... A sniper taking out a bunch of innocent people. It's a really disturbing opening scene. And for an action movie, it's like, you know, it's it's kind of brave to do that. To really to open the film with people being sniped. It's it's a difficult thing to pull off. They did. And also, Werner Herzog is the villain. Are you kidding me? Very cool. Are you kidding me? And it has a great ending. It's Jack going out and just taking out the bad guys. At the end of the day, he saves the day. Great fight. Um, with that main henchman from uh, the Australian actor who plays Boomerang. I can never remember. Jai Courtney. Uh, really good fight. And then, I love the ending. I'm going to spoil it right now. FYI, I'm going to spoil it. How Jack, it shows the, the character so well of, you know, he's not a cop. And he believes in justice first and foremost. And he'll break the law if he has to, if he, if he thinks it's the right thing to do in terms of his morality and his moral code. And so killing Werner Herzog's character at, at the end of the film, he's unarmed. And he's like, I'm going to go to trial. I'm going to go to court. I'm going to beat this and I'll be back at it. And then Jack just kills him, shoots him right in the head. He's like, you're not going. He's like, I'm taking the law into my own hands. So I like that aspect of the character where he's not a law. He's not part of the law. He has his own uh, moral code and his own justice code that he follows. And I think that was a great, it's just a great ending, but also a defining moment for the character. It's it's a really solid, fun action movie. Yeah, I mean, as someone who's read three of the, the Lee Child's Jack Reacher books and Jack Reacher's character design, they the show on Amazon is a lot more accurate to what he looks like. He's supposed to be fucking like 6'6", massively jacked, bleach blonde hair. Tom Cruise obviously is 5'6" doesn't look like that at all but in terms of what he brought to the character and embodying it in terms of the performance and just the badass nature of it i think he did a great job you know i i wasn't upset with it at all i thought it was an awesome casting because i read a couple of the books before and then they they made the movie and i was like this is gonna be sick like tom cruise jack reacher sign me up i don't really care it's similar to keanu reeves as constantine john constantine's supposed to be from london he's supposed to look like david bowie blonde hair keanu doesn't look like that yeah it doesn't really matter to me It, it matters more of like can the actor pull off the movie and pull off the character in their own way? That's more important to me than an exact lookalike. So and the I, fights and felt brutal. Yeah. Where you're like, this guy is strong and like in, in a fierce person to be in a fight with. Yeah, Jack Reacher's a really cool character. If you've never read the any of 
Lee Child's books. They're they're really cool. They're fun. But um, I love the movie as well, and I'm disappointed that I didn't get to take it. Great car chase, man. What a great car chase. Yeah, that shot of the what's the the red charger. Yeah, fucking so cool. It's great fucking scene. It's a it's a great uh, um crane shot. Yeah, driving next to right it. into the so right badass. The windshield. All right, my final pick of the draft. The final pick Curious. of the draft. Man, what do I go with? Curious. Oh man, I, I'm surprised you haven't picked one that you that is up here. Well. I think you're gonna pick it right now. Probably, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a movie that not a lot of people love, but I really do enjoy it. Specifically, the first hour and a half, I think, are awesome. I'm gonna end the draft with Oblivion, another Joseph Kaczynski film. He made Top Gun Maverick. Oblivion's an original science fiction movie that he made based off his graphic novel that he made, and he made this after Tron Legacy. Now the story is it's it's actually similar to Tron Legacy where it's an almost really great movie. Almost a, yeah. a s- terrific science fiction it's almost film. there. Tron Legacy is almost there, it just stalls a little bit in the third act. It's, it's, it's again second half problem. It gets yeah. a little slow. Same thing with Oblivion. Oblivion has a great first 45 minutes. It yeah, really does. It does, yeah. Awesome concept, great setup, great characters. Basically it's this futuristic world where earth has basically been taken over by aliens and depleted of its resources and it's unlivable and so humans live on spacecraft off of the planets or it's believed to be so and tom cruise plays a character who is basically in charge of upkeep and maintenance of drones on earth that take out the alien life forms that have taken over the planet basically to make sure that basically our ships there are okay and can keep functioning and absorb the resources of the earth for the people off planet to survive but it's got a really terrific twist that you really don't completely see coming and the filmmaking is awesome and the scope is huge really great aesthetic and design i like the tech that's involved and in terms of just landscapes landscape photography Really freaking cool. Tom does a lot of great motorcycle stunts in this as well. And I think it's an awesome movie. Again, it's like Tron Legacy where it's almost there. It's, it's almost a, it's there. It's a cool dystopian movie yeah. too. It's got some cool production um, and sets and stuff. But Really solid effects too. Yeah. Visual effects are really yeah, good. Yeah, visual effects movie. are fantastic. I, I think Joseph Kaczynski is just such a visual filmmaker. And when you watch this movie, you really see sort of the blueprint of his filmmaking from sort of inside aircraft in the practical filmmaking of aircraft because his character in this film, Tom's character, does Jack. He has an aircraft that he flies around, and it really remembers, it, it harkens to, like, a lot of its practical, like, obviously, with Top Gun Maverick. You really see sort of, oh, it's similar to, like, how he eventually shot Top Gun. Yeah, and ultimately, it's an intriguing movie. It has some good scenes, it had a couple good action scenes, but it just kind of dropped the, the ball with the second half and that didn't live up to its potential for the setup of the first half of the film. Yeah, I think they leaned too much into the love the story. emotionality yeah. in the, the memories of the character. Which, if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. I don't want to spoil it, but overall, it's again, it's almost, almost an all-time great science fiction film. It's almost. It doesn't there. quite get yeah. there. It's, it's good. It's good. All right, that's the end of the draft. Wow. Let me name off these teams. And again, you can vote on Spotify in our poll who has the best... Tom Cruise movie team between Anthony or me, James, in case you didn't know my name. (laughs) Anthony's team is Top Gun Maverick, The Last Samurai, Magnolia, Mission Impossible, the original from 1996, Eyes Wide Shut, Collateral, Jerry Maguire, Interview with a Vampire, A Few Good Men, American Made, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, and Jack Reacher. 
Pretty good team. <laughs> this guy's filmography is all time. Yeah. That's just an all time filmography. That's just the third of his movies. And that's one team. My team: Mission Impossible Six, Fallout, Edge of Tomorrow, Risky Business, Minority Report, The Color of Money, Tropic Thunder, Rain Man, Mission Impossible Five, Rogue Nation, Top Gun, War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible Four, Ghost Protocol, and Oblivion. Nobody got Mission Impossible two, <laughs> or three. Even draft three. Yeah, they're 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 fine. Tom's filmography is just so stacked. It's just there's like, still some good ones. I think left. people forget how many good fucking movies he's been in outside of Mission Impossible. I mean, we didn't even take Born on the Fourth of July. Neither of us took that. We didn't. Yeah, and that's a good Oliver Stone movie. We didn't take movie. Valkyrie. Valkyrie's a good movie. Valkyrie's are very underrated. The Firm is a movie that I, I like. The Firm. I don't like The Firm. You hate The Firm because it's a bad adaptation of the book. I haven't read the book, so I like the movie. It's honestly a terrible adaptation. I hate what they did with that movie. <laughs> he does freaking he, he does cartwheels in the street. So what? It's so dumb. It's just it's move. so it's, it's, it's so nineties. <laughs> He's just like walking by these kids yeah, that are dancing. Guess what? It was made. That's what I mean. It's just so, but like no one did that ever. No one's run past, walked past these kids that are doing some dances on the street and done a bunch of cartwheels. I don't like it. <laughs> you were irked by that. Also, neither of us took The Outsiders. Yeah. Or Taps, which are good movies too. Vanilla Sky, we didn't take. Vanilla Sky is good. Days Although of I Thunder. Just, I didn't take Vanilla Sky because the first, the original is way better. Yeah. Days of Thunder wasn't taken. Yeah, it's insane how many good movies this guy's made. I mean, Tom Cruise, just these two teams alone. Or all-time Hollywood careers for an actor. Even um, Far and Away is a really good Ron Howard movie with him and Nicole Kidman. That's a good one. I've never seen that one. They play um, an Irish couple struggling to make ends meet. They made it. They met on Days of Thunder, and then they made that. What else wasn't taken? Yeah, I mean, dude, this guy's filmography is insane. Absolutely insane. All right, well, that wraps our Tom Cruise draft. Let us know again by voting on Spotify. Who has the best team between Anthony and I? There's a poll on Spotify. Just go check it out. You don't have to listen on Spotify. You can listen on YouTube or whatever, wherever you yeah, watch and yeah. listen to. Listen wherever you want, but then vote so we really know Make who won. Vote, yeah. And the winner gets 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I'm going to buy a lot of ramen with that. You can buy a ramen with no water. <laughs> you can't get a, a, like enough like extra protein. I can get raw. It's not that expensive. Bro, it's 16 bucks. No, it's not. It's plus $12. Plus tax. It's 12 for, for the ramen. It depends 12. on where you go. I'll give you that. It depends on where you go. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Again, the best way to support the show, in addition to watching, liking, leaving comments, and subscribing, is to leave a five-star reviewer rating on Spotify or Apple. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. And just share our show with your friends and family members who love cinema, who love movies. Share us on Instagram. Share us on Twitter. And your stories everywhere. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy-Griggs, Darian, Tyler McFly, and Sal Koching. Our Chosen One patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.